Well, good morning, everybody. It's so good to see you. Welcome to Watershed. How's everybody doing this morning? Anyone get rained on on the way in? No? Who's not raining right now? We took a break? All right. My gardens are like, bring it on. Let's go. Today, uh, as we gather, I'm reminded that our God is great. I found this passage in Jeremiah. I want to share it with us. It just says this. There is none like you, O Lord. You are great, and your name is great in might. This is the God we get to come and worship. As we gather together as a church, our great God, he is great in might. His name is great, and he is mighty. Let's take a minute and just greet the people around you, say hey, and see what's happening today. Are you excited about any rain for your gardens, for your lawn, for your flower beds? What plants are going to be happy? Well, this week I was thinking about the second book of the Bible, Exodus, and it's sort of the story of a guy named Moses and how he sort of meets and interacts with God. And there's a passage where in Exodus 34, God shares what he's like, and it sort of changes everything for Moses. He gets to see clearly what God's character is, who he's like, what he is, and um, he gets to hear God's name in some of these meetings. And he even says, can I see some of you? And God says, if you see me, you'll die because I'm holy. But he gets to see just a fraction of God as he passes by. And Moses' face is just glowing like a really bad sunburn after a day at the beach. Uh, that's just a fraction of God. His might and his greatness and his magnitude, just a fraction of him left Moses going, whoa, I saw just a glimpse. This is the God we get to come to worship, and the cool news is that because of Jesus, we get to approach him safely and boldly before the throne. So we invite you today as we just gather to worship to continue to stand as we sing the songs out today.
seated and kids pre-k through second grade can go ahead and come to the door. Okay, should we bow our heads and fold our hands? Dear Lord, thank you for bringing us all here together today. Thank you for providing us with rain when we need it. And um, thank you for our families and our church. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Good to see you all this morning. Uh, if you don't know who I am, I'm Pastor Aaron. I'm Pastor here, campus pastor here at Watershed. Um, we've got three communities here at Heart Alike. Pastor Bill and Pastor JB are actually off today. Um, so um, I know Pastor Bill is up at a church uh, in Muskegon that he is helping to kind of bring to the end of their life together. Um, and so we pray for our brothers and sisters there as an organization ends, the church continues. Um, thank God that as a body of Christ, we are so much bigger than the organization. We're so much bigger than this piece of pro property here. We are the church. Um, we are Christians together. While we, we may have differences along the way, uh, we are, God has one body, one church. So all who call on the name of Jesus um, is our brothers and sisters. And so we pray for, for those folks this morning. JB and his family are in California. Uh, so Corey, Pastor Corey, who is, is part of our life here at Watershed very often, is hanging out and helping out uh, this morning. So I, we, he and I got to chat about the message some, so that's always fun. Um, because he has this, you know, doctorate and degree in like antiquity and ancient Greece. And like, so yeah, it's always fun to kind of nerd out a little bit um, with him. So Anyways, we'll get to the message in just a minute. A couple highlights, though, for you this week. Tomorrow starts our Adventure Week. We have currently over 90 volunteers ready to go, ready to help out. Let me, 90 volunteers, uh, not only here from Heart of Life, but some other churches as well that are helping out. Over 120 kids. Uh, Registration is going to close by midnight tonight, so there's still some room. Um, so I just want to invite you, if you're, first of all, if you're volunteering and helping, again, thank you. Um, our family kind of goes out of town generally on this week, so I'm not going to get to see this, which is kind of a bummer because, you know, I like kids, 
and they don't like, no, <laughs> we don't know, but anyways, uh, just if you're volunteering, again, thank you, thanks for being a part of this, thanks for um, making this week just an awesome week, Becky, all the work um, that she's been putting in, and Christine, and I mean, it's, it's amazing to pull this off, um, it takes a lot of people, it takes the church, uh, but be praying uh, just that it can have a positive impact in, in kids' lives and families' lives first. Um, and then that ultimately, like we're going to talk about today, that Jesus' name is lifted up. Uh, that God's name is, is holy and great. And the kids and families, um, volunteers that we can all see Jesus for more of what he, who he is. Um, so, yeah, be praying for that. Uh, then, next week, Sunday, on the holiday weekend, I know... Uh, the holiday is actually Tuesday, but uh, throughout the summer, we try to kind of a newer tradition over these last couple years is to have a combined all Heart of Light gathering outdoors, so hopefully there's no rain going on. I know Pastor Bill's going to be, be preaching. Um, I think Aaliyah's going to be helping lead music, but come out, bring some chairs, hang out outside. Uh, 9.30, though, uh, we bump it a little bit earlier with the sunshine, it gets warm, uh, so we're praying for a good day, but uh, 9.30 if you want to bring some chairs out and enjoy that together. And then uh, finally, summer service week is coming up uh, here July 16. Again, that takes a lot of volunteers. If you're not aware of what summer service week is, it's a week where different middle school youth groups come onto our campus. Again, over 100 middle schoolers invade <laughs> but uh and then there's high schoolers that are helping i mean it takes again the church to pull this off um pastor mary who has been with us and served our church for a long time she's she's usually getting a lot of um donations and things like that one of the things she mentioned this year is that bigger stores it's been harder to get donations from so she asked if you're interested in helping us out gift cards to, to like Sam's Club, to, to Walmart, to GFS, to like that would go a long way into making sure uh, that we can feed a bunch of kids uh, and leaders who are coming on campus. But again, just be praying as those, all those folks are coming out, we're going out into our community then to be able to serve. So really cool opportunity. So with that being said, let's uh, go to our God in prayer this morning. Our Father who art in heaven, God, you are good and great. We will again be reminded of that truth in your scriptures and message this morning. But Jesus, when you invited us to pray that, it's, it's the anchor point for why we pray. We praise you, Lord. We love to shout your name, O oh Lord, because you're good and you're great. When we stop and think of all of the things that we have from the breath in our lungs that we just said and sang, Lord, to the love of others in our lives. Father, we got to celebrate a wedding yesterday and, and um, to see Jake and Angela Favor come together, join their lives together. God, to, to see love in the lives of others, to have friendships, to have family. Lord, to have people who, have, who were once strangers now be a part of our lives. God, that's a gift and it's something that you do. Lord, our strength today is a gift of you. Rain that has come this morning, and we pray hopefully comes a little bit later too, <laughs> is a gift from you. The sunshine is a gift from you. Our jobs, your provision, even when we don't have jobs or don't have the ability to, is a gift from you. The years we have had are a gift from you. The ability to make it here safely this morning is a gift from you. The technology we have, Lord, that joins us together as the church is a gift from you. We praise you. You do more than we could ever comprehend. You are bigger than we could ever imagine. And, God, we praise you that you know every hair on our head. You care about every moment, every need we have. God, you are holy. We're also reminded, God, when we pray that because you're holy and separate, you're perfect, you're beautiful, we're reminded that, God, we, we don't have the ability to live up to you. We struggle to do that. We make mistakes. We falter. 
God, even when we do our best, sometimes we're aware of how limited it really is. And in those moments, God, we actually get to come to you and say we're sorry. And we know that you're a God who will forgive. It's not about then going and running around the church ten times to make it all better. <laughs> we don't have to go and perform some kind of uh, incantation or, 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 or spiritual uh, hurdle overcome to, to somehow make you now happy with us. We get to say we're sorry and throw ourselves back at the foot of the cross because Jesus has died for us. God, you have given your life so that we aren't bound by our mistakes and our failures. You have offered us freedom and continue to offer us freedom in a journey full of ups and downs. Thank you for that grace and that mercy every day. Help us to be okay with that story and for that story to continue to breathe life into us. Father, we ask when we come to you to pray, we, we ask for you to provide our needs. We ask for you to let your kingdom that is break in in this world. And some of us this morning need healing. Some of us this morning need the miraculous. Some of us don't know what we need and still need you to be surprised, need, need you to surprise us. Some of us, Lord, um, have some very basic needs that we're, we're saying, Lord, we, we actually need bread on our table. We need, our, our, we need to keep the roof over our heads. We need, the, we need a new job, Lord, um, because we don't have one. Yeah, we need the resources in our relationship to care for another or Lord, sometimes we're just at a loss and don't know what to do. And so, Lord, we need your guidance and your path forward. But God, here's another beautiful thing about you, is you welcome us to bring our needs to you. And while you know them already, the point isn't that you just know them. It's that in relationship with you, you can't wait for us to come talk to you about it. You want us to depend on you. You want us to ask the question why when we don't understand to you. You want us to lean on you and rely on you because you are our strength. So Lord, be our strength. And Father, today as we come into the message, as we also just end this prayer, God, we yield our, our lives to you. We say your will be done. Father, have your way in us. Move in us. Shape us. What an amazing thing that we can ask you to do that, God. <laughs> for you to breathe your life into us. That we'll hear in just a moment from this psalm. God, for you to bless our lives. That you would allow our lives to flourish a little bit more than they did before we ever got here today. To be reminded again that you are working for your good and ours. So God, we yield ourselves to you. We say, speak, God, for your children. We're here listening. We pray all these prayers uh, this morning and many more, all of the unspoken prayers in our hearts and our minds as well. We pray them to you, Lord Jesus, because you're able to handle them and you want to hear them. So thank you. His name we pray. Amen. As we continue in our series, we're in our summer series where the disciples say, hey, Lord, teach us to pray. We're talking about prayer. We're, we're diving into what Jesus taught his disciples, his followers, uh, uh, about prayer. Where we've come so far is, is really the, the entry point, the, the intro. <laughs> he says, start this way, our Father who art in heaven. And, and if I can simplify two weeks, I'm going to do it this way, that God is good and God is great. That when we pray to our Father, we are adopted children of God, so loved by him because of Jesus. That God looks at us as his children, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, through Jesus. That's the gift we get to have. We get to climb into our dad's lap, into our parents' lap, into a loving arms of a God who is there for us and not against us. Pretty good, amen? 
And then we have this great God who is in heaven, right? We talked, the heaven was, it, heaven yes, last week is, is really God's dwelling, wherever God is. But, but more or less, Jesus is saying, actually, I want you to understand that God is great. That I am, when God says, I am who I am, that's my name. That means I'm going to be beyond what you can think I am. I'm beyond your control. I, I am a limitless creator. We talked about that last week. And I am an engaged ruler. I am God. So we've got this God who is, is both imminent. He's in our lives. He's got skin on Jesus, right? And yet we've got this God who is transcendent and all-powerful. Get to where we're going next in just a moment. So I was thinking about our next phrase. As I was thinking about today's message, um, I was brought back to my, my childhood. I grew up south side of Chicago, so many of our, uh, our, uh, our field trips, our grade school field trips, we got to go to like Museum of Science and Industry. It's awesome. And then uh, the aquarium, the Shedd Aquarium, again, awesome. We got to go to Brookfield Zoo and Lincoln Park Zoo. And then we got to go to the Adler Planetarium. How many of you ever been to the Adler Planetarium in Chicago? Pretty cool, right? And with the Adler Planetarium, not only like is it cool to sit in the whole theater, right? I was still like, I can close my eyes and remember the first time. I probably was in first grade, I think, at the time. And you're like, Oh, this is sweet, you know, like seeing the big screen. What was even better was when we got to go to the Doan Observatory, which is right on their campus, and it's basically, it, the telescope looks huge, right? It is like ginormous. It's only a two-foot lens. It's like 24 inches. <laughs> but through this telescope, right, you can see trillions of miles away. I figured I brought up Carl Sagan last week, you know, in, in the cosmos, so let's, let's keep the science theme running, right? <laughs> but, but as I was thinking about the Dome Telescope, as I was thinking about just the idea of a telescope in general this morning, what is its purpose? Is it to necessarily make something bigger, or is it actually there to help us see how big something really is? Right, I love this image of, 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 of getting to see the scope of what the moon really is, right? Getting to see the beauty, the detail of something that from our perspective maybe seems small or distant, right? But a telescope says, you know what, let me help you see more clearly. Let me see, help you see that which is large actually begin to understand how big it really is. Today, we're asking in our prayer, Jesus is inviting us to pray the words, hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. Show yourself for, for your glory. Show yourself off to this world. When I pray this prayer, God, I want to brag on you. I want to be like a telescope showing how big you really are, how magnificent you really are, how beautiful you really are. Now, I don't know about you, this actually brought me to kind of a frustration because, man, when I know how good and great God is, I tend to get a little frustrated when in the world we minimize him. And I actually tend to get a little frustrated with myself when I forget how great God really is. Francis Chan, who is a pastor and an author, he writes kind of about that frustration. He says, I sometimes struggle with how to properly respond to God's magnitude in a world bent on it, ignoring or merely tolerating him. And I would say this morning, not just in a world, but in my own life, where sometimes I'm just bent on keeping him small as a planet somewhere out there. I get a little frustrated. It's hard. He says this, though, but know this. Right? And I think we're reminded of this this morning in what Jesus is inviting us to pray. But know this, God won't simply be tolerated. Right? God, the God of the world, is not interested in just being ignored. Right? He instructs us. Our call, what Jesus is inviting us to pray, is to worship and to fear him. To see his name as holy. Right? Jesus says, our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name. Right? What does it look like in our lives to see God as he truly is, to see him holy, 
to see his glory in this world, to want to see his glory in this world. As I've mentioned before, and if you haven't been here, that's okay, I'm gonna, the Psalms, the prayer book of God's people, the songs of God's people, can t- I keep just gravitating back to the Psalms to engage Jesus' prayer for us um, because, I, you know, the beauty of the Psalms is the poetry and, and sometimes those words of, of motion that, that help us, I think, understand a little bit more. It, for me, it's just been helping me unpack what Jesus is saying. Because these words aren't a mantra, right? You've heard me say this. I'm going to say it over and again. They're not a mantra. They're not simply words to be recited and regurgitated. They're a guide for us. Right? They're a wise friend bringing us into relationship with our Father who art in heaven. Psalm 115, I think, helps us today. Starting in verse 1, I'm just going to read the psalm for us. If you don't know where the psalms are, it's almost, they're almost smack dab in the center of the Bible. So there's, there's a bunch of beautiful words, but Psalm 115, we're going, to, we're going to hang there today. Not to us, Lord, the psalmist writes. Not to us, Lord. Not to us, but to your name be the glory. To who you are, your character. To your name. See, God has a name. God has a reputation. Why do the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. (laughs) But they're idols. They're silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths but can't speak. Eyes but can't see. They have ears but can't hear. Noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel. Feet but cannot walk nor can they utter a sound with their throats. Those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. I'm going to read that one one more time. We're going to come back to that verse. Those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. So all you Israelites, right, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. All you house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. It's like he's saying priests, all you who serve the Lord, the house of Aaron, trust in the Lord, he's your help and shield. All of you who fear him. So now all of a sudden, Solomon is saying, all of us today, if you fear the Lord, if you give your life to him, trust in him. He is your help, shield. The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless his people Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, small and great alike. May the Lord cause you to flourish, both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You see, the highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to mankind. It is not the dead who praise the Lord, those who go down to the place of silence. It is we who extol the Lord, both now and forevermore. Praise the Lord. It's we who praise the Lord. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. Why? Because of your love and your faithfulness, your goodness. Why, where, why do the nations say, where is their God? What does it say in verse 2? Man, our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. Our God is bigger. Our God is great. Not to us, but to your name be the glory. We have in our tradition something called the Heidelberg Catechism. Uh, it comes out of the 1500s. It, it, it really kind of serves the church in a way of just helping us understand, ultimately, God's story of salvation in Jesus. That is, that is its biggest purpose. Um, but it also has some other wise words, um, and in particular, on the Lord's Prayer. And as I was looking at their question, it's set up as a question and answer. So it kind of is set up to be a devotional, if you could take it that way. Uh, it, what are some of the questions we have and in, in what are some wise words? So I always look at the catechism as a wise friend. You know, some folks who have lived the journey of faith, <laughs> who have engaged Jesus in, in the scriptures, and maybe they have something to tell me and help me, you know, in my journey with. And I think their question and answer on what does it mean to, for, for God's name to be hallowed, right? What is this first petition, what does it mean? 
I think their words today are beautiful, and I want us to hear them. I think they're helpful as we think about this. Not to us, Lord, but to your name be the glory. The first part of it is this, right? What does this petition mean? It's this. Hallowed be your name means help us to truly know you, to honor, glorify, and praise you for all your works and for all that shines forth from them. Your almighty power, your wisdom, your kindness, justice, mercy, and truth. That when we pray, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, we're praying and asking God, help us to know. Help us to know you. Help us to see you for who you are. If we're starting with a prayer, you God, you're good and you're great. Help us to know that even more. And not just help us to know, help the world know. As Corey and I were talking about it, he picked up on the Greek. And, and it's an interesting tense uh, because it, it, it would seem to be like it's in the past, uh, in, in its aorist form. But it, it, it sounds like it's this present tense. and you're, So uh, the thing with Greek and Hebrew is they do language a lot differently than, than we do with English. Uh, but, but in this tense, this hallowed be your name, there is this urgency. He helped me see the urgency that exists, that it's, Lord, we desperately want to know you. That Jesus actually, when he's inviting us to pray, hallowed be your name, he goes, there needs to be a desperation in you to know the God you're praying to. And there's a desperation that the world would know him as well. And that's my first question for us. Do we want to know the God we're praying to? Do we want to see his glory? Do we, as as the catechism says, do we want to see his honor? Do we want to glorify him? Do we want to know his works? Do we want to see his almighty power? Do we want to see his wisdom, his kindness, his justice? Do we want to know his story? That's what the psalmist is doing when he says, listen, not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. You are worth it. You're worth all the praise. You are worth everything we have to give. And Lord, I just, I want to know you more. Jesus is inviting us into a posture in our prayer. A posture that says, God, I can't see you without your help. I can't do this without you. Show me your glory. The psalmist picks up on something, and that is uh, that in in verse 8, those who make them idols will be like them. Augustine, back in the 4th century, said this, we imitate whom we adore. Those who make them will be like them. That which we worship, oftentimes we become like. The things we set our telescope on, (laughs) we tend to honor and glorify. Amen? The catechism continues and picks up on this in the second half, the second part of its answer. And it means to pray, hallowed be your name. Not just, Lord, we want to know you. We want you to be known. But help us then to direct all of our living, what we think, what we say, what we do, Right, the, the greatest commandment was this. Love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, strength. <laughs> and then what does Jesus say? Love your neighbor as yourself. Lord, we want to love you and love others in this world. So help us to direct all of our living, what we think, say, and do, so that your name will never be blasphemed. There's a good Christian word right there. <laughs> There's a good religious word. To blaspheme something is to actually reduce it. Not to, as a telescope, make it actually see it for its grandeur, its glory, its, its bigness. It's to reduce it. It's to make it something less. God, we don't want to blaspheme your name. Right? We don't ever want that to happen because of us. But we always want it honored and praise. Lord, help us to live. Right? When we pray, hallowed be your name, we're saying, Lord, help us to know you. Help the world to know you. And we're praying, help us to live. 
It's a prayer of submission, and, and that's going to continue on it further in the prayer. But it's saying, Lord, we want to live so that your name is glorified and honored. We want to live so that you're lifted up. And again, what is that? It takes humility. Right? Jesus is reminding us we're, we're not only standing in front of a good God who forgives us, but a great God who is bigger than us, who is set apart and different. That's part of what holy means. Are we committed to living then in a way that honors Jesus? Are we pointing our telescope at God? Trying to see how big he is and what, what that means for us? Or are we pointing our telescope at something different? Because what we adore oftentimes is what we become. Those who make them will be like them. But in Psalm 115, what does it say? Blessing and flourishing, where does it come? From the God who is full of love and faithfulness. From the God who sits in heaven and does whatever he pleases. Lord, help us to live. As I was studying this uh, this week, Stanley Hauerwas, William Willimon um, from Duke University, they served at Duke University, um, wrote something that was pretty convicting for me. Um, and pretty strong words, and I, I want to read you some. I'll put part of it up on the screen in just a moment. Uh, but like I said, it, it challenged me, and, and I, I don't know what God's going to do with them in your life, but hear what they have to say when they think about, hallowed be your name. When we pray, holy be your name, we are both asking God to make his name holy, right? Help us to know you. Help us to see you as someone who, who, for the glory, for the honor that you are, to make his name holy. And we're pledging ourselves not to misuse God's name. Right? We want to live in a way that makes God's name special. Right? We want our lives to brag on the goodness and the greatness of God. They go on to say, this is what the Ten Commandments are getting at when they prohibit our taking God's name in vain. Now, it's commonplace to hear God's name taken in vain today. It may even be commonplace in her own lives. Though it may be well blasphemy, they say. They're like, we're going to push the edge here a second. <laughs> saying GD, because I don't feel like saying that up here. <laughs> but they said, saying that, right, we usually reduce God's name and taking God's name in vain simply to a phrase how we use God or Jesus, you know, is he an adjective or is he actually a person? How many of you have ever been guilty of that one, right? <laughs> they said, well, it may be blasphemy, you know, to say this. It goes, that actually using those words may not be the greatest blasphemy against the name of God. Go on to say, so here's an example. The German soldiers who went into battle in World War II Bearing Gott mit uns, God with us, on their helmets, they pose, that's a greater blasphemy to the holy name of God. To invoke the name of the free, mighty God as patron of our causes is to take the name of God in vain. See, those who are being formed by praying our Father who art in heaven, holy be your name, are not permitted to abuse the holiness of God by attempting to put a leash on God then dragging God into our crusades and cruelties. The holy God will not be jerked around in this way. Where that hit me just the gravity of their words helped me realize, where is the places where I reduce God to my agenda? Where are those places and those spaces in life where I, I take this God who is beyond my comprehension, <laughs> this God whose grace is, is, is deeper than the deepest ocean, who is vast beyond the universe itself, and I go, you know, but, but God, I'm going to fit you into my box. How many of us have done that? We all have causes. 
And sometimes we all have justifiable cruelties. We all have agendas. And what they're picking up on, and I think the catechism is helping us see, and the psalmist ultimately is saying, is going, God's not going to be reduced, right? What did, what did Francis Chan say? He's not going to be ignored, and he's not going to be belittled. He's not going to take that because he is a holy God who created us, created this world, loved this world, gave himself for us to give us life and blessing. He's going, man, I want you to know me. I want the world to know me. I want you to see my goodness and my greatness. Stop reducing me and making me smaller than what I really am. Stop fitting me into your party. Stop fitting me into a person. Folks, I am a fallible pastor. I am not holier than that. I don't get it right all the time. There are so many questions I still have about the scriptures. There are so many wonderings I still have about God. But please do not reduce the voice of God to me. The church, we're full of fallible human beings. And yet how often do we reduce God to to the church and then we judge God based on us who are fallible, who go, you know what, at the end of the day, we know we need Jesus. We, like, yeah, we can't fully represent God. And yet we do. It's in us all. We reduce him. We bring him down. And when we pray, Lord, hallowed be your name, what Jesus is asking us to do is, man, let God be set apart. Let God be something bigger. Let God be something bigger than you. Let God be something bigger than something in creation itself. Let him be bigger than your emotion. Let him be bigger than your thoughts. Let him be bigger than your ways. Because he is. And when we find that, we find blessing and we find flourishing. When we find that, he is our help and our shield. We talked about that last week. It shows up again today. When we find that, we find life. And Jesus says, listen, you start by saying, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Because he goes, I want you to know my Father. I want you to know the God I know and the God that I am. Are we willing to pray and say, Lord, help. Help me to know. Help me to live. The 1500s, the Latin was solideo gloria. (laughs) To God alone be glory. Hallowed be thy name. To God alone be glory. Are we looking in through the telescope to see God for who he really is, his beauty, his magnitude. And are we being a telescope for people to see God more clearly, more beautiful, see his magnitude? Hallowed be thy name. Let's pray. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That is just the crux of our prayer right now in this moment. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. Lord, for the places we have set our telescopes on that are not you and that we have made bigger in our lives, Lord, we hear today in the scriptures that there is not life there. Those are not the places where there is flourishing. Even though someone may want to convince us of that. Lord, we know that our true life comes only in you. Because you are like no one else. You are holy. Lord, help us to set our telescopes again to you. Forgive us where we have fixed our gaze on something else and let what we've fixed our eyes on be the driving force for us. Help us to know you. 
Lord, and help us to live. God, we know we're going to make mistakes, but even in the beauty of that, if, if we say we're sorry to people, we can actually glorify your name. If we actually accept where we've made failures, we can actually glorify your name even in our failures. Wow, that is, that is amazing just in itself. But Lord, help us to be for people, help us to live, help us to be for people a telescope that shows your beauty and your grandeur, your magnificence and your wonder, your justice and your mercy, your life. Jesus, you knew when you invited us to pray this, this would change not just our thoughts, it would change our hearts and our lives. So Lord, help us to have the courage again to not just start by praising you, but to ask that we would see more of you and more of you would be seen in us. Father, we need your help. And the world needs to see you and know you. That's why this isn't something that needs to wait till tomorrow. May it come today in us, through us. Again, for your sake. Sola Deo Gloria. Amen. We've got one more song for our morning. It's uh, just a song that helps us remember the Lord's Prayer. It gives us some of the the language and helps us just saturate that into our lives. So we invite you to stand with us now as we sing this together, the Lord's Prayer.
glory, honor, is praise is God's because God so loved the world, he gave his son for us so that we can have life in his name. That is the open invitation of the gospel no matter where you are, no matter where you've been, no matter you, where you think you're going. God says, come to me. As you go this week, receive this blessing of our God. As you pray into this prayer, again, know that this is God's words to you, not mine. The Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance, his smile upon you, and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Have a blessed week. If you don't mind stacking a few chairs. We certainly would appreciate that.